We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Mile High Insiders with Nick Kendall and Luke Patterson. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Now, it's time to find out what's going on behind the walls of UC Health Training Center. What's up, Broncos country? It's Wednesday night here in the Mile High City where it is time for MHI. We've got a huge, a huge show, a lot to get to. Thomas, I don't know if you heard something about depth charts being released. It's almost like you had an inside scoop. Uh, you had texted me this morning. I'm texting you back and forth. What do we want to do the show about? I'm thinking Arizona, the Cardinals game. And you're like, whoa, 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 Luke, isn't the depth chart coming out? And I'm like, I yeah. don't know, man. I literally park at Centura Health Training Center to watch Broncos camp day 13 for MHH today. And as I come into the facility, the depth chart has been released. So Thomas Perfect. Hall ahead of us all. That's why he's one <laughs> half of MHI. I am your co-host, Luke Patterson. What's going on, Thomas? Here we go, man. Football is back. We're four yes. and a half weeks away from the regular season. We are two days away from preseason game number one and the depth charts out today. So football's back, baby. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I, I love the depth charts. I know, I know it doesn't mean a whole lot right now, but I've always been a depth chart guy. I always, I've always looked at them ever since I was a kid, you know, when they started posting them, I've always, I've always been excited about them. So I'm excited now, but mostly because, well, now I'm more, more excited to see what's different from what I saw at camp. And if I should really believe it, right. That's, that's where I go. <laughs> Yeah, well, you got to be careful with who you're listening to out there. One guy you can always be sure is on the money. It's our guy, Dylan Von Arks, our very own DVA over at MHH.com. Dylan saying, what up, Broncos country? Make sure you hit that like button on the way in. Share on all platforms. And please subscribe if you have not done so already. And Thomas, just to echo a little bit about what you were talking. I mean, dude. You've got to be careful where you're getting your information from. We're bo- we, You were boots on the ground last week. I've been boots on the ground every day. We had Carl out there from building the Broncos. I mean, I, we've got MHI and MHH fans sitting on the hill. I mean, people are seeing this, this information, this product, this work in progress, if you will, for their own eyes, and they're making their own opinions. So there's no need for narratives. There's no need for BS. We don't do any of that here on this show, MHI, or at MHH.com. We're going to wrap a little bit about the depth chart. We're going to talk about the Arizona Cardinals. We're going to get into some of our training camp observations. But most importantly, we want to hear from you guys. And uh, I'm always impressed when we have folks like Troy who come into the show with generous Super Chat love about 45 minutes before the show even starts. I mean, that's it's very generous of you. It's so overwhelming, and, and it gets us going. So Troy coming in here, starting the show off fast and furious, a 999 Super saying, hey, guys, I am so happy that Russell Wilson has chemistry with Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. No injuries to them now, fingers crossed. Still would not mind more offensive line and defensive line help, but I'm also grateful for cap space in case of injuries. Have a great show. Troy must be picking up what Broncos country is putting down. Russ is having a very successful second week after some bumps in the road week one. Now, Thomas and I 
have both been on these airwaves on MHI and over at milehighhuddle.com saying pump the brakes, folks, when <laughs> when panicking about Russell Wilson. I was yelling for an hour into this microphone last week about how Jared Stidham is not a quarterback controversy or a front runner <laughs> to take Russ's job. Okay. You could see these things for themselves, but Troy, you're exactly right. Russ has had a much better week too. I've been very impressed with him in multiple drills, whether that be one-on-one seven on sevens. He had an excellent team period today. Things are progressing nicely for Russell Wilson yeah. and this offense. Something you like to see in week two, because one thing we were talking about before the show even started, we're looking for players and coaches and this team as a whole to move forward. We don't want to go backwards. And that's exactly <laughs> what we're seeing at Centura Health Training Center. And that's right. And, and that's the whole point of the process, right? Now you're starting to see the process come together. Things are starting to click. Things are starting to move along. People are buying in. And that's what you wanted to see. You didn't, you know, we would have had, you know, like we said last week, if they would have been firing on all cylinders from day one, it would have been, oh my gosh, what's wrong? Everything's, something's wrong with the defense. Or like I posted on Twitter today or today or yesterday after all these uh, Russell Wilson's doing well. Like, what's the narrative going to be now? Is he peaking too soon? Something like that, right? You know? So I'm I'm happy to see the progress. I think it indicates the, how well they're coming together as a team, how well they're executing the playbook, uh, the plays, you know, buying into Sean Payton's system. That's, that's what matters in training camp. It's not, you know, whether or yeah. not you throw an interception or you don't, you know, that, that, those are the things. So, I I'm actually pleased with the progress. I'm really pleased with Cortland Sutton. In fact, mm. I was on, yeah, I was on a, a show uh, the other day talking about, and I posted on Twitter, a little clip from that show talking about how I think Cortland Sutton is going to be the surprise leader of the wide receivers over like Jerry Judy and some of these other people based on, on a few things. And from what I'm seeing so far and what I'm hearing from camp, he looks pretty good. Cortland's looking phenomenal right now. Um, I love what I'm seeing out of 14. He's taken that knee brace off. I pitched a fit for two years in a row about that knee brace. He had like Garrett Bowles knee brace out there. People <laughs> are wondering why Cortland can't move. No, he's not Tyreek Hill. He's not a burner, but he's a big bodied physical yeah. wide receiver. I mean, he that's a power forward out there in the NBA. This playing wide receiver for the Broncos. I think you're exactly right. You're hitting on something with Cortland Sutton. We're going to get back to Cortland Sutton. Cause I have some more thoughts about big number 14, but our, speaking of big, our guy, Big D, David is in the house, man. He is a big supporter of the show, a big friend of the show, and I'm so happy that he's joining us here on MHI saying, good evening, Broncos country, Luke, Tom, Dylan, and Deegan Scott. Still planting that flag in the ground, baby, 12 and 5. Hashtag Buckham, hashtag MHH for life, Denver Broncos for life. David, you are not alone. I ran into um, a higher up in the media business let's just say that like one of the bosses today and as he's leaving the area that i'm at and he just says bye luke 12 and 5 still jump on the bandwagon and i was <laughs> just kind of thinking my guy david man are you chirping my guy david because david's been on this 12 and 5 for a little while but the overall theme about it and the reason i bring it up is because there is renewed optimism right now in broncos country and the reason I go after the, the fake narratives and uh, why we feel it's so important to dismiss those narratives on this very show is because last time I checked, Sean Payton's the head coach of the Denver Broncos, not Vic Fangio. I don't need to go out there and pretend I'm making up storylines to get reads over at milehighhuddle.com. Our work speaks for itself. Head on over. Check out my training camp journal. Thomas has a ton of great takeaways to take away from his week in denver with me out there at training camp and we're giving you our observations our boots on the ground now feel free to disagree but there's no need to say there's quarterback competition there's no need to say there's something wrong with russ and there's no need to get super chirpy about a bunch of stuff that's not even happening this is the sean payton era baby we should be excited about this we don't need to make things up we have russell wilson and sean payton on this football team that in and of itself is a story and we haven't even had a chance to see how that story unfolds we're just starting to see pages we're not even through the first chapter hell tom we're not through the introduction preseason right. game number one is on friday and i'm already fired up because i want to see what this team looks like as a whole 
Sean Payton yeah. talked about it. No Gilligan hats, right? No interviews. No yucking it up with your buddies. This is a business trip on Friday morning, and I can't wait to see it. Last thing I'm going to say, and then I'm going to let Thomas finally breathe so I can calm down and stop yelling. <laughs> Don't be media guy out there. And what? who is media guy? Media guy's the guy hanging around outside of the media tent that couldn't get into the media tent that's making up those novelties. Don't be a media guy. It does anybody no good. Come hang out with us. MHH is well represented out at Centura Health Training Center. And let's talk. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. football yeah and there's plenty of actual factual things to report on you know go evaluate somebody from your perspective you know evaluate what you're seeing there's no reason to try and i mean i guess it gets clicks or whatever but there's really no reason and i just want to say one thing about 12 and 5 seven of the last last 10 seasons 12 wins won the afc west Seven, something about that number in Broncos country right. and, and Denver. <laughs> you gave me goosebumps as you were saying that. Um, absolutely love it. You know who else gives me goosebumps and he's been doing it for years? Our guy, Stu McPeak, man. Stu was with us when we launched this show on Saturday nights. And uh, Stu, it's so good to hear from you, man. I hope you and your lovely family are doing well. Stu's one of those diehards out there that doesn't miss a beat. And that's why I say Broncos country is the most educated fan base in all of the NFL. And Stu's given us a very generous 1999. Thank you so much, Stu. Um, two more days. Broncos country, the countdown is on as Stu spearheads our preseason game number one opener as your Denver Broncos travel to the desert to face the Arizona Cardinals. And I'm sure Stu saw this. I'm sure you saw this too, Thomas. But for anybody that missed it, they're saying that the field conditions for the Arizona Cardinals are absolutely abysmal. Yeah. And I'm not worried about it. Do you know why I'm not worried about it? Because they're pretty crappy here in Denver, too. <laughs> exactly. I've seen about five to six guys go down and yeah. slip non-contact injuries. I mean, I get it. It's football. Things happen. I don't know if this is a cleats issue, if it's a turf issue, if it's bad luck. But the Broncos should be somewhat prepared for this. And I hope I don't get in trouble for saying it because I've already got that email at least once in training camp. But it is what it is, man. I mean, non-contact injuries happen. Slipping happens. And you can only control so much. And I think Sean Payton has definitely implemented as many details as he can for his team to be successful on the football field in Arizona. Yeah, but you can control the condition of the field. You can get a, you can get better turf. You can take better care of the field. So and I'm not talking about Arizona. I'm talking about training camp. You know, if the field is not great, and we saw it when it got a little wet, it wasn't great. They need to rectify that situation. That's something that can be handled. Just throw some money at it. It doesn't hit the salary cap. Go take care of what needs to be taken care of with the turf. And I mean, I've got a few bucks maybe, to do maybe it too. To say right? it. It's not my money, but they got, I mean, they have a bunch of money. Go fix it. <laughs> Go fix it. Get it done. You know, it's funny you say that, Thomas, because I was walking in to the training center yesterday, getting ready to watch training camp. I'm out there every day, folks. Come say hello. 
Uh, and I'm standing behind some some Broncos fans, and these are diehard fans too. I'm talking so diehard, they've got Broncos inked into their skin, right? And I'm just kind of listening to them. You do some interesting people watching there, and they say, man, ticketed events. Do you think training camp's going to be free for how much longer? Two, two years, three years. I mean, when you see 3,000 fans trickle in and we are seeing it, you do start to wonder when the business model of training camp is going to change. I yeah. do like what I'm seeing out of the Walton Penner ownership group. Um, I know it probably sounds silly to say giving a free bottle of water away a day is a good thing. But when you look at other organizations and how cheap they are, like Washington, the Los Angeles Chargers, I mean, some of these franchises have been so historically cheap and bad to not only their fan bases, but their players. I definitely don't see it heading in the bad direction with the Walton Penner ownership group. There's a ton of stuff that needs to happen. And in order for the Walton Pennership group, I'll, I'll do you one further, Tom, in order for them to fix this damn field, the Broncos need to win some damn games. <laughs> and I know that's what my guy Naj is thinking. Naj, uh, huge super chat, man. 1999. Another one of those cats has been with us since the very beginning on this show. Thank you so much. Hey brothers, word is the offense is improving daily. Russell Wilson is gaining confidence. Cortland Sutton is jacked and defense misses Justin Simmons. I'm looking forward to Friday, especially how backup running back, especially how the backup running back battle unfolds. A lot to unpack there from Naj. I want to leave this up here for just a second. We talked a little bit about Russ. Got into Cortland just a tad, but we got to we got to have a little bit of a Justin Simmons powwow, right? Because I think Justin injured his groin area a couple days ago, and I think I was actually there for it. Now I can't report on injuries or anything like that, and heaven knows we're not going to ask Coach about it because he refuses to give them out. But <laughs> I I think it actually occurred in a positional group drill. I think it was either through seven on sevens or one on ones. I'm not going to get specific and break any rules, but I think it was one of those deals where Justin slipped here we are talking yeah. about turf and look there's a promo going on around the denver radio airwaves that justin simmons could be the best player in denver because when justin simmons isn't in the game russell's doing so well russell was doing <laughs> well when justin was in practice a few days ago okay That's we right. need to dismiss that narrative as well as good a player as justin is ps2 is even better and russ is finding success against ps2 with Cortland Sutton. No, that doesn't mean that PS2 is getting cooked. It doesn't mean he's getting burned. PS2 is the best cornerback in the NFL. Fight me if you don't uh, agree with that one. But no, man, it's just it's dismissing some of those narratives. The Broncos can't wait to get Justin out there. But if Justin doesn't suit up on Friday, and I don't think he will, you're going to get a healthy dose of PJ Locke and Caden Stearns. I thought it was super interesting, Naj, in the depth chart that they listed as left safety and right safety. Did you see that, Thomas? It was kind of odd. <laughs> Yeah, it was interesting. I mean, but the thing of is, is the strong safety and free safety have become more interchangeable. It's not like the olden days where the strong safety was that bigger guy that dropped in the box. I mean, it, depending on the scheme, they they're very interchangeable. Free safeties can play strong safety, and and so I don't. It is it is strange to see left and right safety. It, it feels like you're going back to 1960, you know, with the with the the positions <laughs> from back the right. back in the day. But yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm. I think I don't need to see something from Justin Simmons. I I know what he can do. I, I've seen him play plenty. I want to see the the younger safeties, see what they can do. I want to see if JL Skinner can make an impact yeah. on the field out there in Arizona and make and see what you know, see what uh if they're going to move him up the depth chart. Yeah, man, you asked me about J.L. Skinner just a couple days ago. It might have even been this morning, and I'm, all my days are blending together right now, Tom, as yours are as well. But um, I liked J.L. Skinner so much. I've been talking about him since I saw him at the Senior Bowl for MHH, boots on the ground in Mobile every single year. I loved him then. Um, I loved him even more when he when he came to the Denver Broncos. But it's interesting to me that Delarian Turner-Yell is technically above J.L. Skinner right now. However, Justin Simmons going down, if you will, or being monitored with this groin injury, it opens a lot of doors for J.L. Skinner. I saw J.L. Skinner look extremely comfortable, athletic, and he almost got a pick yesterday in practice. Um, nice. Now, the context of that I can't always share because I don't want to break these team rules. And guys, I can't stress enough 
how different camp is with Sean Payton. And I think you guys are seeing that in, in terms of your Twitter feed, in terms of the videos or lack thereof. I mean, things are as buttoned up as they can be under Coach Payton. And for better or for worse, I wanted him here. So if it makes my job a little bit more challenging, a little bit more difficult, maybe I don't have as much access, then so be it. Because I am here for winning football. I'm not going to be complaining about it all day over the radio. Look at this guy, our friend Keith coming in. What's up, bro? It's my two favorite MHH podcasters. What's your surprise on the first depth chart that was released? So I'm going to hit this one real quick before we get to you, Tom. I was surprised that Jaleel McLaughlin was behind Tyler Beatty. Uh, that move doesn't make sense, and then it makes sense to me. Uh, there's one prominent Denver media member who's been on record talking about this when he worked with the team, so I'm not telling any Tales out of school here, but he was told intentionally to bury Elijah Wilkinson in his practice report. Why? So the Broncos could stash him on the practice squad. Uh, these sorts of things happen all the time in the NFL. Thomas, you've seen it, especially with your love of depth charts and covering this NFL for a long time. I mean, is this as simple as the Broncos are trying to stash away Jaleel McLaughlin? Or what's the deal with Tyler Beatty being at number three? Because last I checked... Phil, or Phil McLaughlin, Jaleel McLaughlin has been dominant since day one out in camp. Yeah. I mean, the first thing I saw, I was like, he's not the fifth best running back on that team. He's the third best running back based on what I saw, based on what everyone saw out there. So that is one that you have to take grain of salt with, right? Is he really the fifth on the depth chart? No. Are they trying to play some sort of tricks and maybe sneak him on? I don't know why they would want to. The way he's been playing in camp, he should be on the field. The, the one thing that I would say, and I'm going to point out to my surprise here, which is going to uh, maybe add a little bit of credence of why they're lower, is because he's not playing special teams, right? But as a third running back, I don't think it's as important. But my surprise, the reason why I, I can't believe that Taylor Grimes is the eighth best running back or whatever it is, or uh, wide receiver, I'm sorry. He's not. He was he was much better than I think, then, um, you know, uh, Hinton Callaway, uh, better than Virgil, better li than little Jordan Humphrey out there from my perspective, but better than Montreal Washington special. too, better than Montreal. Montreal. Washington, but he's and not playing special teams. Thomas, I hate to tell you this. I do because they're not two of my favorite players, but I'm not going to lie. Like the rest of these bloggers online. All right. Kendall Hinton and Montreal Washington have had a very good week of practice yeah. because they needed to. Why have they had a good week of practice? Because your guy, Caden Davis, has been playing out of his mind. So much so that he actually earned some kick return, punt return reps, specifically yeah. yesterday and earlier this week in camp. So our very own Lance Sanderson actually wrote about that at milehighhuddle.com. I talked to Lance the other day. He's like, tell me what you're seeing out of this, this number 13 out there. Yeah. And just, just like you saw, just like you're telling all our friends here on MHI, this cat's the real deal. Every year, there's a couple preseason darlings. Do not be surprised when number 13 is lighting up that screen on Friday night with the Arizona Cardinals. And yeah. I was talking to some friends out on the hill today, Thomas, and man, couldn't you see a team like the Los Angeles Rams just scooping Davis up for a Cooper Cup injury or something like that? I mean, that fit would almost be too perfect. Uh, th this guy, they're not going to be able to stash him, and he's going to turn a lot of heads are you talking about Grimes or Davis? Grimes, excuse Grimes, me. My bad. Yes. Grimes, 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 Grimes. Number 13. Yeah, wide receiver. Um, yeah, he, they're not going to be able to hide him if he plays. If he plays in preseason the way he has played in camp, you're not going to be able to stash him on the practice squad. He's He's been excellent out there for a un, especially for an undrafted wide receiver, free uh, rookie wide receiver. Yeah, he's been he's been awesome. And another awesome thing about camp today, I got to meet a couple of our friends and it was yeah. very special to me. It means so much to you as well. And and they asked about you, Thomas, um, Michaela Israel and her son, Cooper, a generous five dollar super chat. Cooper and I had so much fun today. It was good to meet you, Luke. Also, Cortland Sutton is looking awesome. He made a great play right in front of us today no it was awesome meeting Michaela she's been a huge friend and great supporter of the show along with Cooper man and I got to talk to Coop Dog a little bit and and Cooper just like my little one is heading into fifth grade right he's going to be playing soccer this year he's a little nervous about fifth grade but what kid is it right when we start the new year you're a little nervous heading into class but I know Cooper's going to have an awesome year huge shout out and I, I do want to ask this Michaela 
did Cooper get that Russell Wilson signature today? Because I asked Cooper straight up, which Bronco do you have to leave with their signature on your jersey today? Look me dead in the eye, Russell Wilson. That means right there it's a new year. If Cooper's saying, I want Russ's signature because I know it means a lot in this city, I know it's going to mean a lot in 2023, that's just, for me, a little bit of a foreshadowing metaphor of how this season's going to be and where Russell Wilson's going to be at. Yeah. No, he's he's got a big comeback coming. I've been saying it for a long time. Other people have been saying it, too. Uh, from what we're seeing, he's starting to fire on all cylinders. He's starting to uh, get this system that uh, Peyton has installed. And, uh, you know, once we see, we'll see a little bit more, obviously, when it comes to the running game uh, preseason. But when the running game hits and uh, you're setting up those plays for Russell Wilson in the passing game, it's going to be it's going to be fun to watch. It's not going to be like last year. Not at all. So I'm, I'm excited. Completely agreed. And speaking of excited, man, our guy Michael's excited because his Denver Broncos are coming home to Arizona where Michael's right. at right now. And we're thinking about you during Cardinals week, big dog. This one's for you. Good evening, Thomas and Luke on the Mile High Insiders. Go Broncos and buck them. Michael, thank you so much, man. And on a personal note, I hope you're doing well. I see you're sharing a little bit of news. Lost a furry friend, man. And, and that's... <sighs> I'll be honest with you guys, just to be completely open and, and show a human side to me, even though I yell at everybody on this show. Um, furry friends and animals and pets, man, have a huge soft spot, spot in my heart, like for sure. And I've cried harder over losing damn dogs than people in my life. So I completely feel your pain, Michael. But please rest assured, we've got your back here at MHI. Thoughts and prayers to you and your mom. And you'll see your loved one again. I promise you that. I'm a firm believer of shout outs on this show. So is Thomas. So if we need to give you a shout out to try to make your day a little bit better, we're happy to do so because you make our day better, Michael. Just like Michaela, Troy, Keith, all of our guys and gals here at MHI and the Super Chat Superstars. And whether you're donating a buck or just tuning in and, and want to ask us a question, I appreciate all of you guys. And I know Thomas feels the same way. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much. And thank you for the uh, support, uh, Michael, as always, you know, we can't, we can't say enough about how much you support all the shows. So thank you very much. And it's super cool when you see our, our friends and our family reaching out to Michael right now, just like Dom and Richard saying, Michael, we feel you, man. We've been there. Um, we understand how it's going to go. Hopefully this Friday game gets your, your mind off of it a little bit because I know Mike is ready for the 2023 season. I, he's yeah. ready for the turn of the tide, if you will. And all eyes are on Russell Wilson right now. Uh, Cortland Sutton, though, just to get back to Michaela's comment. I mean, Cortland Sutton is looking dominant. He's looking as close to 2019 Cortland Sutton as I think I've seen. You wrote about him a few days ago over on milehighhuddle.com. You can still find that article up and rolling right now. Uh, Cortland has got to have a huge year. Uh, I think the over-under is like 700 yards or something like that for a prop bet or, or, or whatever with Cortland right now. And that's too low. Yeah. Right. I mean, Cortland got like 830 yards last year or something like that. So Cortland's going to eat. I, I told you early on in this training camp, Jerry Judy, in my opinion, is the number one read. It's a quick, simple, high load, high low read offense, folks. I mean, this is not rocket science what we're doing out here. That doesn't mean that Sean Payton's not going to complicate it. What I see isn't rocket science, at least out there. And yeah. that's what this Broncos offense needs, Tom. They need an element of simplicity, uh, some principles in football, if you will. And running the football, that's just part of those things and part of the success and the formula that's going to set guys up like Cortland Sutton. And I wrote about Michael Burton over at uh, milehighhuddle.com. Fullback. Fullback is back, baby, in the Mile High City. Yeah. And I know it's been a little while. I know you're a huge Howard Griffith fan, but yeah. I'm here to tell you, this kid can play ball, and he is not just going to be blocking for Javante Williams. He's not just going to be out there blocking for Samaji P. Ryan. He's going to be catching the ball. He's going to be getting some sneak passes in. I mean, this kid can play. He's bringing over a championship pedigree from, dare I say it, the Kansas City Chiefs. Yep. Yeah, it's a bummer that that we have to say he came from the Kansas City Chiefs. But, yeah, I've been talking about that from the beginning when they signed him. as like He brought a championship uh, element, championship mentality, whatever you want to say which is is beneficial for a team that hasn't been to the playoffs since 2015, right? So 
having that having that different perspective is going to help. But I, I love seeing the fullback, and you're right; he's gonna he's gonna get get some sneaky catches in there. He seems like a pretty pretty good player, and I know they used him fairly well at Kansas City, even with all the weapons they had. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do, and I'm looking forward to seeing him, you know, opening some holes for the the running backs as well. Well, and let's be honest, they need him. And I wanted to get to our guy, William. William was in very early, 10 minutes, almost 70 minutes before the show even started. So I had to get to our guy, William. Would not forget you, brother. So Max Crosby is dang good. That being said, is Sean Payton historically good when it comes to slowing down good pass rushers? Can he put together a plan on offense to help against it? Does anybody know? Yeah, William, he's historically pretty good because they selected Ryan Ramschek instead of Garrett Bowles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll never let that one go. Um, look, Sean Payton is damn good at figuring out not only offense, but pass protection. And I don't believe coach at all when he says that he's feeling confident and comfortable with the offensive line, because how could he? I mean, he's not going to come into the it's a little bit different when you call out a wide receiver like two of them, little Jordan, little Jordan Humphrey and then the other guy that came from the Saints, too. Right. And you're like. You guys aren't really – I'm waiting to see something. It's another thing to say, yeah, both of our offensive tackles are getting smoked by the first, second, and third stringers. Coach isn't going to say that. Yes, Mike McGlinchey went down yesterday. I saw him working out on the side today, so it was good to see the big fella moving. But Michael Burton at the fullback position is going to also be responsible for some pass protection, some chip blocking. Uh, Same with the tight ends. Everyone's all upset that Greg Dulcich is listed as number two when Tom and I have been yelling into these very microphones that you should probably accept Adam Troutman as the starting tight end heading into week one. Absolutely. And and he's earned it. That was not a surprise to me. When I saw the depth chart come out, you and I both, it was not a surprise. He gets himself open. He knows the system. He's had, he's had, I know Dulcich has had a good week, but he's had a good couple weeks, right? So he's earned that spot. No doubt about it in my mind. So that was not a surprise to me at all to see Troutman list as number one, but you're going to see two tight end sets. You're going to see, uh, even if he is, doesn't move up the depth depth chart, Dulcich is going to get some playing time, plenty of it, get plenty of catches. And, uh, you know, he, he's only a second year guy, right? He, he, he still needs to develop a little bit. So it's, let's not let's not get too worried about it. No, let's not put the cart before the horse and let's just call it what it is, right? I'm not giving out free passes, but it's essentially a rookie year. Why is it a rookie year for Greg Dulcich? Because Nathaniel Hackett didn't know what that bleepy was doing, okay? <laughs> Trying to clean it up for podcasting here. And, oh, I know right. the, the HBO hard knocks. The Jets are on last night. I don't give a rip about the Jets. I stopped caring about Aaron Rodgers when he didn't come to Denver. Like I reported he was going to, uh, you know, two and a half years ago in the, in the Shrine Bowl in Vegas when I'm hearing from very reputable sources that not only was Aaron supposed to come, Devontae was supposed to be here too. I digress. We're getting yep. there, folks. It is MHI. He is Thomas Hall. I am Luke Patterson. Reach out to Tom on Twitter. That's at Thomas Hall NFL. Yours truly at Luke Patterson LP. We are always happy to talk Broncos, to talk life, to just be decent human beings in general to each other. And that's something we all need to be better at. Divine Breaks coming in here with a very generous wow. $50 super chat on MHI. Thank you so much, Divine. And uh, I absolutely love this. I saw this and I, I, I can't wait to get to it. I need to vent because I hate when people put so much stock if a quarterback throws a pick in training camp. It's a safe thing for them to do to test what they can do and what they can't do. It's always drove me nuts on how the media destroys people for practicing. Divine, you're 100% right. I know Thomas has a couple thoughts on this, but but let me yell real quick because I couldn't I couldn't even say it better myself, Divine. I mean, there's interception guy and stat guy out there at training camp every single year. And they're sitting there and they're charting plays like they know how to chart plays when it's training camp. And there's really no rhyme or reason to some of these play calls. I mean, Stink has a promo going right now on the radio airwaves saying the Broncos are calling plays. They're not calling an offense. That's exactly what they're doing. Now, Stink doesn't need to work for pro football focus to know that. He's got three Super Bowl rings. I think he (laughs) has an idea of what he's talking about. All right. How many Super Bowl rings does PFF have? But it's just like Divine is saying, man, training camp is where you need to make mistakes so you can learn, so you can grow. And guess what, Divine? You're right. We're seeing Russell Wilson grow. 
We're seeing some of those interceptions get cleaned up. Today, Russ was out there straight dealing. Michaela, Cooper, we all saw it for ourselves out there, and there's no denying any of it. I absolutely love it. Here's another thing I can't stand. It's seven-on-seven drills, and the quarterback takes off on a scramble. What in the blue hell are you thinking if you're a quarterback and you're scrambling in seven-on-seven drills? There's no D-line there. There's no linebacker. It's a straight-up dead play. Those drills are designed for the offense. And if you're not out there and willing to compete, oh, I don't know, Jarrett Stidham running around and scrambling drills, give me a break. Either show out or you get put out. And Russell Wilson's showing out right now. Well, and that's just the process. I mean, it's it gets people. Don't get me wrong. This is a business, right? Media is a business. They need to sell. They need to sell uh, whatever it is. Subscriptions. They need to get people to read their articles. They they have and telling people that Russell Wilson looked bad in practice gets people to read their articles. But what they're not telling you is that's part of the process, just like Divine Breaks said. And this is why we're seeing. Russell Wilson today reports are he didn't miss a pass, right? Not one incompletion. That's part of the process. Now he's probably going to have another bad day, but he's improved. And that is what you're looking for. And another thing like you just said, divine they're, they're testing it out. They're seeing what works, what doesn't, if it doesn't work, they're not going to put it in the game, but they won't know that until they try it in, in training camp. It's just like any other thing you do in life. If you try it out, it doesn't work either fix it or don't do it anymore. So, well, and and context, you wrote about it at milehighhuddle.com. I wrote about it today at milehighhuddle.com. There was one pat Jonathan Harris gets no love on the interior defensive line. If we want to talk about a player that gets no love, it's always the inside defensive lineman, okay? <laughs> and Jonathan Harris has been around. It's his fourth year in Denver, fifth year in the NFL. Spent a, just a spell with the Chicago Bears. He's been a dog. I mean, he was the star of camp last year against the Dallas Cowboys in joint practice. But I will say this. Jonathan Harris batted down one of Russell Wilson's passes last week. We were watching practice and Randy Gregory picks it off for the touchdown. Was that Russell Wilson's fault that he threw a football that got batted down? No. So they're also not giving you context. Divine's hitting the nail on the head here, man. Either give context or shut your trap because I'm not here for it. I'm, I'm really not. And it's... You can't bamboozle this fan base. You could try, uh, and you might get the ones that aren't here, but Broncos country's educated, and when they're seeing Russ do what he's doing today and they see Sean Payton and the command he has, something else that you and I talked about, and I know Divine would love this, the the players are being empowered to police themselves. There have been a few little light scuffles, if you will, and they're usually on full padded days. There are zero punches being thrown, but it's the coaches. The coaches aren't the coaches aren't having to step in, Thomas, to get in the middle of guys, pull guys off of each other. It's the players. The coaches kind of sit back and relax and hey, this is their football team. Let's see him run it. And I absolutely love it because it shows that Sean Payton is not only willing to delegate to his coaching staff, but he's empowering this team to police themselves. Something that this team, that this franchise hasn't had in over 10 years. It's almost been 10 years, a decade of destruction and pathetic football in the mile high city. That's out all in one summer and one winter. And I keep talking about that. And I wrote an article today. It came out because uh, I talked about the four keys to look for. It's not interceptions. It's it's not incompletions. It And one of them is team camaraderie. And that's what you just hit the nail on the head. This team is coming together. And the reason why it's coming together isn't, you know, it's how Sean Payton is running this thing, right? He's the leader. He's doing it the correct way. This team is coming together. I saw it when I was out there. There could have been plenty of uh altercations out there based on on certain plays like when frank clark we ran over frank Frank clark right (laughs) he could have easily jumped up and been ticked about it but it wasn't he got up congratulated each other great play headed back to the huddle and ran another play that's all there is to it and that's that's what's the important thing about training camp is is seeing things like that coming together not counting interceptions I was happy to see my guy, Brandon Johnson, so high up on the depth chart, who's yep. obviously recovered. Was it an ankle? I think I think we saw. And that was that yep. oh, man. That was a bummer. Um, Broncos country relax. I know these injuries are happening, but they're not 
as bad as they could be. Now, Jonas Griffith and Tim Patrick, season-ending injuries, an Achilles and an ACL, that's bad. That's as bad as it's going to get. Yeah. But when it comes to McGlinchey, Johnson, Simmons, it sounds like these are injuries that can be worked through relatively quickly. Yep. God willing, the healing process and the training staff and everybody's over over at Centura Health Training Center is on the same page. Um, look, I, I'm okay with it. We need to give this training staff a shot because it always kind of drives me crazy. And I feel like divine and maybe you feel the same way, Thomas, when they're out there blaming the trainers, right? Like last year, oh, it's Lauren Landau's fault. All these hamstrings, Lauren Landau, Lauren Landau doesn't know what the hell he's doing. He doesn't have these guys eating the right things. He doesn't have these guys working out the right way. Lauren Landau is world renowned for his expertise in body movement and an athlete being an athlete and training athletes. So I'm very quick to shoot some of that stuff down, but I can also see playing devil's advocate where Broncos country's like, man, some of these injuries, are we just, are we snake bitten or yeah. what's the deal? Yeah. Let's hope not. I, I don't know, man. I, I hope that they've got it fixed. So we'll see uh, what I, I would like to say one thing about the depth chart that it has to, it has to do with not being out of training camp. Right. So you've been out there. I've been out there. People that are looking at it from afar and trying to write about it, they miss these things. So if I were to look at the train at the depth chart without having been there, I would have looked at Traymon Smith being so low on the depth chart, and I would have been like, "Whoa, that doesn't make any sense." He's an experienced guy; he should be much higher. He should be the you know he had kick return experience. Why is he so low? It's because he didn't play very good. He's struggling to make the team. I've seen him out there. He's very handsy. He has not. He's not been the experienced guy that you're supposed to see out there. And that's the thing. Like you can listen to the people that do the reports, but there's nothing like going out there and seeing it for yourself and from your own eyes and saying, "Yeah, I get why Traymon Smith isn't on there." I haven't seen any reports about Traymon Smith. I haven't seen anything, but I saw. You know, he's exactly where I thought he would be on the depth chart. Well, and you know why? There's some youngsters out there that are giving them problems. And Jaquan McMillan was a guy that I was super high on coming into training camp. There were even some friends of mine in the media that are saying, Luke, this guy's pushing Damari Mathis. You might want to take a look at number 35. And you're going to see plenty of them in the preseason. That's the good news, right? For young guys like Jaquan McMillan, safety JL Skinner, even Delarian Turner Yell. I actually saw a Turner Yell jersey out there the other day. I couldn't believe it. I don't know if that was family or what, but, you know... There's some guys that are just hanging around and they've been allowed to hang around because everyone's nice and everyone's been nice over there. And you know what? Sean Payton's not nice. Sean Payton's a head football coach and understands the business. This isn't the New York Jets, okay, where Robert Sala doesn't want to cut guys on national TV because it's humiliating. Dude, this is the NFL. You know what you signed up for. Now, I get that HBO was shoved down your throats, but there are worse things that can happen in this life than being on HBO. So I don't want to hear about how, how nice the coaching staff used to be and all these anonymous reports. Did you see this by the way, a couple over the weekend, anonymous reports are coming out saying they're disappointed about Sean Payton and some of his remarks. Well, those anonymous anonymous is weak, man. Put your name on it. Stand something. If you're going to say something, then stand by it. Otherwise you're just a rat in a hole. And that's exactly what those anonymous sources are, are saying, oh, Sean Payton, he's offending people. No, Sean Payton's got the respect of this damn football team. Sean yep. Payton had Jared Allen. That's right. Former Kansas City Chief and Minnesota Viking pass rusher out at camp today. Why? Because he's willing to pull out any resource he can to help the pass rushers. Any resource he can to help the football. Adam Gase was out at practice the other day, Thomas. <laughs> I feel like Obi-Wan Kenobi, right? Now, that's a name I haven't heard for a long time. Yeah, Adam Gase was at practice the other day because his family had a connection with Sean Payton. So, I mean, look, Sean Payton definitely marches to the beat of his own drum, but it's for a reason, folks, and I think you're going to feel really good about that reason when you see a competitive Broncos in the AFC West. Yeah, and when you hear the anonymous sources saying something like that, it's because they didn't like what was said. Well, you know what? <laughs> if you don't like what it said, it probably because it hit home. It's true. Because it was I mean, you. It was about that, you. There's nothing that he hasn't said that wasn't the truth from what I've yeah. seen and what I've heard. So, you know, it, sometimes the truth hurts. Now, like I said before, there can be some more tact. These people that are like, oh, I only tell it like it is. And if you don't like it, that's your problem. Well, that's probably because you, you can't deliver it well. And that's why everybody has a problem with it. But 
you know, it's, if it's the truth, it's the truth. And he said the truth. And, you know, somebody, some people took offense to it. And then they're out there whining about it. I'm sorry. You, you oh, and you know what? It's your Trump Hayden, yeah, he's not losing any sleep over it at night. I mean, it's nope. it's just one of those things. And Nas, I had to get to you, bro, because this is a very good question. And it's kind of an under under the radar storyline, if you will. Luke, how is Kareem Jackson looking out there? Is he a legitimate contender for the starting job? Or is that a respect thing from the coaches? Nash, that's a fantastic question because that tells me, one, you've been looking and you've been trying to get some info on KJAC. You obviously read KJAC's comments at milehighhuddle.com about Caden Stearns. Um, point blank, Kareem Jackson's trying to make this football team. I can't report specifics of what I'm seeing out there, but in a training camp where you're seeing a lot of guys, ones run with twos, twos runs with threes, and, and so on and so forth, that's fairly evenly distributed across the board, whether that be a former team captain like Kareem Jackson or a newcomer like Drew Sanders getting reps with the ones. It doesn't mean that Josie Jewell is going to be playing with the twos. It doesn't mean that Alex Singleton is going to be playing with the twos. I wrote about how both Bash brothers are ready to hit somebody yesterday yep. in my camp journal. <laughs> it's just the way Sean Payton's running practice. I think he wants to see if and when guys go down, are you able to step in and play with this unit? I will say this. I think Kareem Jackson has probably the most competition he's ever had in that safety room in terms of a training camp. Uh, K-Jack's been a phenomenal player for so many years. Respect and tip of the hat. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't a little disappointed when, when K-Jack came back. I think he's a little bit long in the tooth. And if we're talking about just a locker room, good feel guy, it's not Sean Payton's breed of player. Yeah, and when I when they signed him, I the first thing I said was it's great for leadership. Lee, a vet on the bubble, right? He can, they signed him back. They signed him to a deal that they can get out of in a second without any pain whatsoever. And I said you've got you've got three, real or four really young guys that look good that can come in and push him for that starting role. And we've seen it, Caden Stearns. Obviously, he's getting a lot of playing time. You've got you've got PJ since day Locke. one. Yeah, since day one, Thomas. Yes, I mean, exactly. since day one, it's been number thirty and thirty-one out there. And and when I interviewed Justin Simmons, he brought up PJ Locke by name and pointed him out. I didn't bring him up. I talked about the safeties. He he pointed out PJ Locke, especially for his uh, special teams play, which is very important for a third or fourth. Safety, which KJX not going to play special teams, I doubt. So my my thing is, if Jail Skinner goes out on that field on Friday and plays really well, you're that's you're going to see KJX under a lot of pressure to make the team because no one wants you know your 14 year vet running out down on kickoff coverage. You know, no one's going to want that, and he won't <laughs> want that. He'll want to move on to some other thing, right? Yeah, it's. I mean, you're just speaking the truth, right? In an ideal world, they're going to play forever and ever, and it's the good old Remember the Titans or whatever, Varsity Blues, high school football movie that we all come to love and know. Some things just don't happen like they do in fairy tales or in the movies, and these guys don't always ride off into the sun sunset. Sometimes it's what you see out of Jimmy Graham right now, right, with his reunion with the Saints. I could totally see Jimmy saying, I retire before preseason preseason is yeah. over we see it every year with some of these veteran cats um keith right here i saw this in the comment section i had to get to our friend keith because i liked this one a lot um doing a little bit of writing which i've been known to do at milehighhuddle.com uh i love reading i love reading all kinds of literature and just trying to learn new things all the time so if i see a good metaphor or a simile i try to steal it and i think troy rank is the best in the denver business maybe even journalism ever at some of his similes and metaphors and he just he comes off the cuff with it just like Keith if you've been a parent training camp is like training pants you're gonna have some accidents <laughs> it's okay if there are interceptions and that's right what divine was saying man I mean you're gonna have days where it's ugly did Russell Wilson get benched when he threw an interception to Justin Simmons on three consecutive days of practice no why? Because those things happen. And I was talking to a good friend. You were talking to a good friend out on the hill. He said, dude, Peyton Manning, you should have seen the amount of interceptions. Peyton Manning used to throw at training camp. 
Yeah. Didn't see many of them in the regular season. So just like Keith saying, just like Divine, just like all our friends here at MHI are saying, don't be stat guy at training camp because it, it's you're going to miss a lot of good things at training camp. Most importantly, the people, man. I've, I've run into so many good folks, just good salt of the earth, men, women, and, and little kids out there, man. It always brings me back to my mom and dad taking me to training camp, to me taking my daughter to training camp. And it's so fun, man. It's We're here, and I get kids are going back to school now. We're wrapping up the summer. But it's a real special time when, when you get eyes on this Denver Broncos football team under Sean Payton. I like what I see. I see deliberate action out there. And I was talking to Coop Dog today about it when we were out there. And, and I'm like, look, man, I know practice might look a little boring early during the installation period, but they're going to light it up in team period. What did Russell Wilson do? Him and Cortland Sutton bossed it out. Yeah, absolutely. I just want to get to Phil here. Phil McLaughlin's been, you know, Phil. he's been with us for a long time. Always a big supporter. Phil's our guy. Guys, I was impressed with the way Jaquan McMillan finished last year. Do you see him stepping it up this year? Also happy to see additional depth in the secondary with adding Moreau. Now, Jaquan McMillan is, it was not a surprise to me to see him where he is on the depth chart. He has been playing very well in training camp and yeah, I think he's I, I think he's got a really good shot of making this team, even with the you know, even with the vets like Tremont Smith and these and these others that are they're coming out. So absolutely. But I, I don't think I think Moreau was more of a, a kind of a hey tramp training camp body. Um yeah. from what I, he's not been that great. And I think he's just there because they needed to fill the spot that uh, Riley Moss. Uh, had to when he had to sit out for a few days, a couple weeks yep. with his uh, with his surgery. So I don't see him making the team. Uh, you don't see Riley Moss making the team? No, uh, Moreau. I don't see Moreau. Oh, Moreau. Right, Riley right, right. Moss. Now, I don't. I don't either. Um, yeah, Moreau. You said it. It, it. Kind of a camp body, and I was I was pissed about that signing because I'm like, well, we could use a couple offensive tackles around here, but yes. that's conversation <laughs> for another day, I suppose, or a little later in the show. Um, but no, Phil, you're exactly right. Jaquan McMillan, don't be surprised if he, he has some really good tackles. He's a hard hitting guy. He knows how to tackle very well, wrap up and tackle kind of a deal. He's also known for taking a lot of risks and some of those risks have paid off in camp, some pass deflections and very sticky coverage. Others have not gone his way and he's been burned on trying to jump an interception or try to jump an alley. And, um, Look, I respect it because this young man is just trying to make a football team. And if you could show flashes, if you could show consistency, that's a lot better than just being another guy getting lost in the shuffle, being that warm body that Thomas and I were describing. Um, so, Phil, super impressed with your knowledge, man. Can't thank you enough for all of your uh, contributions to MHI and MHH. He is Thomas Hall. I am Luke Patterson. Get at Tom on Twitter at Thomas Hall NFL. Yours truly at Luke Patterson LP. Please don't forget to follow the show on Twitter also or X. I don't know if I'm supposed to call it Twitter or X. Now <laughs> I don't want Elon Musk getting mad at me. Uh, that's at MHI underscore pod. Uh, if you'd like to reach out to us DM, please do so. We love to talk football all the time. Be sure that you're following the mothership on Twitter at mile high huddle. If you'd like to grab yourself an MHI hat or shirt, that's MHHmerch.com. Get your swag on. Do not forget that if you can't get enough of Thomas on Wednesday, because who the hell can, uh, he's going to be out on Friday mornings for legends of mile high. And then you can catch him with Ron white on Saturday night, orange and blue view as well at 6 PM mountain. Uh, I had to get our guy Dylan while I'm giving all our plugs. Great conversation as always. Make sure you share that pod on all platforms, hit the like button on the way out and remember that a little bit goes a long way. Um, just talking a little bit about the goats and how much people mean to us. Our guy comes in here. GLP, Gary Leeds Palmer, a very generous 999 super, saying, Hey guys, I will watch you after. Go Broncos and buck them. Gary, you are in for a treat during the 2023 season, buddy. Things are not going to be what they were last year. I promise you, you're going to have a competitive brand of football. Tom, when do you like to give your season predictions? Because I like to wait for mine until the very last second when Chad's like, Luke, I need your prediction so we can put it up <laughs> at mileeyehuddle.com and he's nagging at me because I like training camp to be in the books. I like to know what the final roster is and try to have a decent idea of what the injuries look like before I make my season prediction. But 
I know this season's going to be different. I'm feeling very optimistic about it. When do you make your prediction and how are you feeling overall just four weeks away from the regular season and two days away from preseason number one? I, I like to do it at the last minute as well, just because you never know. I mean, I, I got caught a long time ago when I used to do fantasy football, drafting somebody because they did the draft before the last preseason game. And then some oh. and, and one of the guys end up on injury reserve. So I like to wait for sure. It, depends, it really depends on what it is though. You know, uh, if, if I'm predicting a, uh, you know, some, how Russell Wilson's going to play and you know, that, that I could do a little early, but as far as what yeah. the, the, you know, a lot of the individual players, how they're going to do the record, I'd like to see, I'd like to see just the makeup of the team, but you know, I, I mean, I, I've predicted a little bit already about the, the record. So I, I think they're going to be one of those uh, surprise candidates who uh who sneak into the playoffs and then make some noise mm. i'm leaning towards the double digit wins right now i'm yeah. very close i'm leaning towards it I, i've got to wait stay tuned right everybody loves to tease how about that for a three-week tease uh <laughs> you can read about it chad usually throws that out there on myhighhuddle.com it's kind of a cool piece because we give our mvps if you will for the 2023 season who we think they're going to be uh at the end of training camp stay tuned to conclude my camp journal i usually give out a camp mvp offensive player camp defensive player camp um things of that nature a lot of guys and gals do that in this business but it, it kind of gives you a little bit of a trajectory on where the team's going wanted to get to our guy zach powers because this is a fantastic question as we wrap up the show am i crazy to think that lloyd cushionberry will be on the team longer than garrett bowles if russell wilson is the quarterback russ bails out of the pocket he doesn't step up uh, Zach, I actually wrote about Lloyd Cushenberry yesterday. He was been a camp standout for me in a very quiet way over at milehighhuddle.com. And um, the essence of my piece yesterday, try to write up three players a day and, and what I'm seeing. Lloyd's auditioning, Lloyd Cushenberry is auditioning for a long-term starting role at the center position on this Denver Broncos football team. Uh, Look, he's had so many different offenses. He finally has two really good guards locked down to him with Ben Powers and Quinn Miners, and he's playing very well. You're seeing a lot of pressure come from the offensive tackles. You're not seeing a ton come from up the middle. And I was very encouraged to see Lloyd Cushenberry take guys on two, three times his size, like a DJ Jones, uh, Jonathan Harris, some of these really big nose tackles and do very well against them, not only in pass pro one-on-one drills, but team period as well. I think Lloyd Cushenberry looks physically much stronger. He's very lean and just looking at him and Russell and how they interact, I think that there's a much better relationship. I mean, two years with your starting center is much better than than one. And you look at some of the struggles that Baker Mayfield's having with Ryan Jensen down there with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, it's hard for guys to get on the same page as their center, especially when the center doesn't know if they're the long-term option. I've been pleasantly surprised with Lloyd Cushenberry, but by no means does that mean he is the – center moving forward for the next three years he's the center moving forward in 2023 because there's not a lot after him luke wattenberg i think is number two um and then you got alex forsyth who can't really even see the field if i'm going to be honest the interesting thing before we get your cushionberry take is the cat that came over from the seattle seahawks kyle kyle fuller is playing guard right now he is not snapping that surprised me it's Kush's job to lose. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll, I'll say it. it's, uh, I actually like that Fuller's playing guard just because he can switch over to center if need be. That gives some versatility, but uh, yeah, you're right. He hasn't been playing any center. Wattenberg's been taking the second team, uh, team reps, but I'll say this when it comes to Cushenberry and Bulls, Cushenberry has to have a really good season to justify getting re-signed. Uh, at the end of the season, right? Because he hasn't shown a whole lot. And if he's just, you know, middle of the road, they're probably going to, they're probably going to look elsewhere because he's an unrestricted free agent. So to answer your question, if Bulls is going to be there longer, it depends on how well Cushionberry plays and how, what priority they put on him. Cause I don't think after the 2024 season, they're going to uh, re up Garrett Bulls. He's 32, you know, he's going to be going to 33. I, th- I think it will be time to find somebody new. Now, the other thing I will say, it also kind of depends on how their seventh round draft choice develops. You know, he's probably going to be on the practice squad from what we're seeing. And if he, if he shows promise during the season, you know, at at practice and things like that, they may be willing to part with Cushionberry. But all I know is 
Sean Payton liked Cushenberry from the very beginning. They never went out to try and make any changes to the center. He was their guy from the start. And so he obviously has worked on his game and made, you know, helped Cushenberry be better. So, I mean, it's, it, it just depends on what it looks like this season. If he gets injured, no, he won't be here after the, the season. Right. But if he plays really good, you might see them uh, sign him to a, you know, two or three year contract to see just how well he does. Well, and the twist of fate in this whole thing is it matters who you're playing next to. And yep. I know Broncos country doesn't like it when I say this, but Ben Powers is a significant upgrade to Dalton Reisner. And I like Dalton. I want Dalton back with the Broncos. They could use him uh, with some depth, right? And um, look, he's still bouncing around trying to, to work out. And I think he'll land on a team. You'll see him sign. Don't worry about that. Dalton will be okay. But the twist and fate in that, was Dalton made Garrett Bowles look really good, right? When he was at the left guard position. Now you're seeing Ben Powers allow Lloyd Cushenberry to take the next natural progression in his game. I think Dalton's biggest weakness is the fact that he's such a good dude. Think about it. He had to come in his rookie year, start at left guard, and, and teach Garrett Bowles how to play left tackle. Next year, he had to come in as a sophomore and deal with a rookie center. I mean, Dalton... Yeah, who says you get a fair shake in the NFL? It's just kind of one of those businesses. But Ben Powers and, and Quinn Miners, that's another guy. I mean, Quinn has looked phenomenal. I thought it was fantastic when he said he wanted to put the whole belly nickname to rest and things like that. Yeah. Um, it just shows his level of maturity, right? He's not coming after anybody. And while I understand he would like to mature and not just be known for that, he's a team guy, right? He doesn't want anything pulling from the, the team spotlight. It's not about me. It's about we, and that's what Sean Payton is, is preaching over there. And to see this offensive line group struggle is hard, but to see them bind together is a good thing, guys. They're not rolling over on each other. Garrett Bowles hasn't been fighting anybody yet. Like he used to with Bradley Chubb, their little patty cake push matches. Uh, that's not going to be happening this year. Okay. These players are policing themselves. The offensive tackles, I do have some concern, Thomas. And when I'm looking at the depth chart for offensive tackles, I'm thinking Cam Fleming, know what I have there based off of what I'm seeing. Uh, Isaiah Prince, man, that's kind of a big underwhelming question mark. It's going to be real telling what we see on Friday night in the desert. Well, and you have to understand, too, that the offensive line has really not spent a lot of time together. So no. the, the starting off, McGlinchey is, was out for the first, what, five, four or five practices yeah, you know so family death, offensive right. line really needs that time to gel and now he's hurt again so it might take they might struggle it might take a little while before this offensive line really is firing on all cylinders uh, just for that reason but i love the interior of this offensive line now based now that i've seen cushionberry and you've seen him and he's he's starting to take that next step a little bit i really think they're going to have something there but you're right I, the depth the depth on the offensive tackle is very, very concerning to me, especially when I'm the one talking about the undrafted rookie free agent that I looks better than say. Prince and looked better than Fleming. And he's still, you know, sitting way down the depth chart. So I can't even pronounce his damn name. What is Palchesky. it? Alex Polcheski. Yeah. Palchesky, the, Pol yeah. <laughs> the only Polak on the team. He's that guy. And no, I'm texting Thomas literally at practice yesterday. Like, dude, your guy's getting starting reps right now. Just cause I don't know if it's a vet day or the McGlinchey thing scared the hell out of everybody or what. That's something else we need to look at too is, you know, I'm, I'm kind of done with Garrett Bowles after this season. If I'm going to be honest, I've never been on the Garrett hype train, if you will. I know a lot of people are, but I just, I, I need to see something else. We need to go into a different direction. Now, Cam Fleming is in that direction. I promise you that. But 2022, 2023, I mean, we're going to, they rolled with Bulls then. They're going to roll with him now. Uh, that's not to say he can't improve. I mean, hell, he's proved everybody wrong before. Why, why couldn't he do it again? I would absolutely love that. Just like I've absolutely loved this show with you, Thomas, and with the rest of MHI. I had to get to our guy, Jerron, because this is a very fitting take on the way out we're always giving shout outs we're always giving love maybe we need to give Jerron and russ a little bit of love Jerron's coming in saying russ is gonna ball out this season him and his wife are about to have another baby he's gonna make his wife and family very proud shout out to russell wilson huh family yeah. man extraordinaire just announced his new little bundle of joys on the way and um, Thomas, I know based on the way you've talked about your family, that being a father is the best job you've ever had. 
It's yep. the best job I've ever had. And it, it's super cool when you see some of these happy moments. Um, just a tiny light gets shed on them, right? I mean, Russ didn't reveal that yesterday. Somebody asked him about it to start yep. the press conference. So already, just that small example, you're seeing Russ, is, Russ isn't shining the light right on him. Right. He's keeping it short. He's keeping it sweet, but he's also being himself. I love the authenticity, and I love this show, man. This is so much fun. I need it every Wednesday night. Yeah, I love it as well. Uh, it, it is so much fun. I enjoy coming on here. I enjoy your perspective, and it's fun to to chat with the the folks. You know, their from their perspective in the, in the uh, live live stream. It's it's fun. Yeah, it's uh, it's worthwhile, and uh, you know, you get you get to do stuff that we love, which is talk about football. Boom! It's always fun. You guys are always worthwhile, guys. If you missed Thomas and I out at training camp, I'm still going to be out there next week. There's yep. still a few more practices left. Come say hello. I'll be out there every day. But if you miss Thomas, if you're not going to be able to see me next week, that's all right. Come out to the MHH meet and greet. That's going to be week seven versus Green Bay. You can see it at the very bottom of the ticker here. MHH meet and greet, October 22nd, week seven versus the Green Bay Packers. MHH will have a tent all set up in the um i don't even know the stadium's name right now in power field is it still power in power field, field? yep okay because <laughs> it feels like between centura health training center and all these places changing i never know um we're excited to see you guys this fall too thomas isn't going anywhere he's going to turn around here friday morning for legends and then saturday him and ron will be on these very airwaves as well thank you guys so much for rocking with us it was a dynamite show i can't wait to chalk it up with you guys Next Wednesday, where we're going to have some more answers about what this Broncos team looks like, right. hopefully after a productive Cardinals win. He's Thomas Hall. I'm Luke Patterson sends him saying Broncos country, this is the way. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos.